0: Coming up on the new Pro Cannabis Media Group, it's in the weeds on location with me, Jimmy Young. This week, we share an exclusive interview with NCIA Executive Director, Aaron Smith. It's lobby days in Washington, D.C., and Aaron's group has been doing a great job moving the green wave into the forefront of issues in our nation's capital, all the while helping individual states try to figure out how to implement a program that is fair and equitable to all. Now, New Jersey just gave up on their effort to create an adult use program in that state through the legislative process, so now that will all be decided by the voters. And once that passes, and it will, the legislature will still now be forced to try to figure it out, but they'll have a little bit more time because it won't happen until after 2020. Now, this special In the Weeds episode was conducted on April 6th in Portland, Maine, where the National Cannabis Industry Association held a social event to drive membership. Welcome to a very special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Again, we are on location in Portland, Maine. You know, this used to be my old stomping ground when I worked at the CBS affiliate Channel 13 in Portland, Maine. And coming back here has been kind of an eye-opening experience for me, especially when I'm coming up here for a very special social event that is... uh, sponsored by and brought to you by the National Cannabis Industry Association, the NCIA, as opposed to the NCAA, which is what I used to cover when I was a sports guy. But this is Aaron Smith, and he is the founder of the NCIA, and I appreciate so much for you taking a little bit of time before this big event and uh, joining me. So tell me a little bit about the NCIA. I know that you are based in Washington, D.C. and in Colorado. And I'm pretty sure that you are the lobbyists that are start that's starting the green wave that we're starting to see. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, NCIA is the trade association that represents the industry broadly across the country. Uh, we are headquartered in, in Washington, D.C., as you, as you mentioned, uh, lobbying on the issues that affect our members every day in their businesses and ultimately to end uh, federal marijuana prohibition and allow our small businesses to thrive and you've
0: done a great job so far because there's been more movement and more historic committee meetings about opening up the banking industry to the Cannabis Association than in, certainly in my lifetime, in history for sure, at least perhaps since the early 1930s, let's just say. So where do we stand now? The Safe Banking Act is the one that everybody's kind of have their claws into and they can't wait for it to actually get to the house floor.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, really exciting for us and for our members. Uh, We've been advocating for this since our inception. Uh, The the bill was introduced almost seven years ago and finally uh, received a hearing uh, in Congress this year in the House Financial Services Committee. Uh, And it was was approved in that committee with a 45 to 15 vote with 11 Republicans voting in support of banking access for the cannabis industry. So it's truly a bipartisan uh, issue and uh, we Uh, expect to see the bill at this point it will either go to the uh, House Judiciary Committee where I think it will also be approved uh, or they might waive jurisdiction and it will go to the House floor where I am really confident that we have the votes to advance it uh, onto the Senate. And then we'll talk about the Senate when we get there. Is that fair (laughs) enough? Yeah, it's a little different over there. At
0: least it's different because of the bipartisan and the partisan parties that are there. And I'm not a big... I'm pretty radical when it comes to this kind of thing. I I, I don't really like the two-party system. I know it's been around for a long time. But money dictates politics. And money drives a lot of issues. Uh, You guys are finally getting funding to move this forward. And isn't this all about money? Isn't it supposed to when you have a new industry have an opportunity to get into the banking industry and and blocking it has just been a nightmare for anybody who started a dispensary or any business with cannabis
1: well I mean this issue just touches so many different areas of Mm -hmm. public policy uh, and society and and first and foremost I think it's a social justice issue it's a personal freedom issue Uh, but yes it is also a financial issue and uh, members of Congress they tend to be receptive uh, to you know, to seeing you know tax dollars flowing in, campaign contributions, uh, and that sort of thing, as, as the industry has matured and has been able to uh, you know really become a you know professionalized, politically engaged business sector in the country, uh, it is no wonder that we are seeing the kind of progress that we're seeing. Confident. I am uh, cautiously optimistic, uh, and i, I mean I, I am confident that we will see it into marijuana prohibition uh, it 's just a matter of you know making sure that we do it right uh, and making sure uh, that uh, we continue to, to have a, a thriving small, you know, small business and marketplace for, for regulated cannabis sales. You know, you
0: mentioned it started seven years ago. And, you know, what has been the biggest factor? Is it the science and research that's coming out? Is it the fact that uh, we have over 30 states with medical programs that have been successful? What, what has been the key determining
1: factor to move it as close to where we think we're going to go? Well, it's all of those things, but I, I think that the uh, you know the, the biggest factor on our side right now is that we have his, history and data that shows that regulating marijuana works. Uh, Colorado and Washington have had legal marijuana sales to adults over 21 for over five years, uh, and you know when we, we can now look and see that you know tax revenues are up, crime is down, the sky didn't fall like the the prohibitionists said it would, uh, and. Uh, we, you know, In the past, we couldn't really point to necessarily tangible successes like that that we can now. And every year that goes by, uh, we have more data to prove that uh, regulating cannabis, putting it behind the counter is uh, the, re- the best way to, to deal with it.
0: And obviously, that's the whole point. To be able to regulate and chart seed to sale to ingestion of this product. What has happened in a lot of those states that you mentioned, and especially in California, is it seems like the laws have been put in place to regulate, but because they're not so kind to the industry that's launching, the illegal market, that
1: black market that they talk about, has been thriving. Is this a concern for you? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a concern for, for us as an industry and, and I, I think for, for state regulators and legislators and, and voters, for that matter, across the country who... Uh, want to see cannabis replace the criminal market uh, and but you know it's just a matter of, of of time before you know the states start to learn from the mistakes of their you know their predecessors and when you see you know things like you know what we're dealing with in California and used to deal what we've dealt with in in Washington and other states where you have overtaxation uh, it's really important that. You know, that state tax collectors and, and regulators understand the full costs of associated with legally legal compliance in, in selling cannabis and, and assessing taxes to make sure that the in product doesn't cost more than uh, the, the the black market alternative.
0: And yet and yet in Massachusetts they've allowed uh, six plants per adult per two dwelling, so basically twelve plants uh, with double occupancy of a house, let's just mm-hmm. say. And that's a, at last check, and I did check with a grower on this, that's about three and a half pounds of weed. That's a lot of weed. One or two people aren't going to consume that unless, of course, they're having medical issues, mm-hmm. chemotherapy, that sort of thing. So what is someone who has an excess, who's grown it at home, supposed to do? Legally, they gift it. Mm-hmm. Illegally, they sell it. Is the law, the, is that the right amount? I mean, I, it's one of the things that they're talking about in Massachusetts now. And I'm trying to figure out what is the right amount. And, again, it goes back to the due diligence that probably was not done when the laws were written. But the, my opinion on that.
1: Well, in whole, home cultivation, again, it could vary. You know, I think if somebody's a really good grower, that might be three pounds. But right. I know for me, for example, I, I'm absolutely not. and it, it would be Black lucky thumbs. to get an ounce out of that. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, but but it is absolutely illegal to 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 sell the homegrown cannabis without the a packet. license. Without a uh, license, right? Without a license, right. But it is, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with growing that, sharing it with friends, just like uh, craft beer and entrepreneur uh, enthusiasts uh, are doing today in their garage. You know, they're they're probably able to to you know brew more beer than they can drink in a given week, but they share it with their friends. They they trade it for other you know other varietals with other. Uh, hobbyists and, and, you know, that's, that's, an all, that's an all right thing.
0: Can we turn the yeah. clock ahead four years, eight years? When are we going to see the new normal where cannabis will finally be accepted as it's here? It was voted in by, by citizens. They want it here. Uh, I, I talk a lot about it's an adult-use product. It should be used responsibly by adults, similar to alcohol. When will we see the new normal
1: arrive? Well, I mean, I, and I who's think, having the
0: party? That's yeah. what I'd like to know too. <laughs>
1: I think you're already here. I think that you know, we're we're we in, in a lot of parts of this. Most parts of uh, the country, there is already some law in the books that departs from federal marijuana prohibition. Uh, but if you're asking about uh, the reforms in federal law, mm-hmm. uh, I think between the next you know two to four years, we will see uh, cannabis regulated coast to coast in a manner similar to alcohol for adults over 21. Uh, and available for patients uh, in, in a medicinal form uh, as, as needed under the direction of their doctor in all 50 states.
0: Your job as a lobbyist, are you educating the legislature in Washington? Are you Basically, handling any question that someone from a house or a senate position might have—is that pretty much what you guys do?
1: Yeah, we're we're there to you know provide uh, information from you know from our members and from the front lines out in the states. Where you know if you think about members of Congress, a lot of the times they're they're dealing with hundreds of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannabis might not be you know first you know first and foremost among them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our government relations team in D.C. is there to make sure that the issue is always front and center. Uh, and that the you know, new emerging information is, is shared. Uh, because again, uh, you know, the facts are on our side, regulation works, uh, and it's just a matter of time before uh, that translates into federal law reform.
0: Now you're fighting, and anybody who is a cannabis advocate is fighting 80 years of propaganda. You're trying to reverse some of the stigma that's been out there for a long time. One of the things that I haven't seen yet, and I come from a traditional media background in television and radio, are public service announcements talking about the benefits of this drug. And we know what happened with Acreage Holdings, it was quite a PR stunt by the way, for them to try and buy time into the Super Bowl with with three compelling stories about medical use of cannabis. When can we see a public service campaign? And I'm not saying you need to write a check for this because Mm -hmm. we understand that there's um, production quality for this and you want it to be a good message that gets out there but when can when can the when do you think the traditional media will accept a public service campaign
1: well i mean it's its kind of goes hand in hand with uh, the other question about seeing that new normal that's right. part of the new normal, mm-hmm. and you know we are seeing um, you know in states especially that already have uh, cannabis legalization you know on the books you're seeing. Uh, More, you know, usually it's in the form of billboards, not television ads. But um, why not? uh, I think, you know, there's there's FCC, you know, regulation regulations around that. uh, And it's still remember a federally illegal. I get that. So once it's descheduled. okay, let's deschedule it first.
0: All right. Let's get the banks in. Let's deschedule this. Is that the time? Is that going to be I'm the sure time? The networks will be
1: happy to take our money at, uh, at that time. Well, I would hope so, yeah.
0: right? You would think that's the idea. It is commercial media because they need the commercials to fund their businesses, just like cannabis needs access to banks to fund their business. It's, it's all a business, and you know, it, it's just. It's just, First of all, it's an amazing thing that I'm 61 years old and I'm actually talking about legal cannabis in my lifetime. Not something I ever expected in my home state or even my adopted state here in Maine where I spent 11 years of my career. To be back here, it's surreal in so many ways that I'm at an industry social in Portland, Maine. There was a time when people actually knew who I was. Not anymore. Hey, um, Aaron Smith, thank you so much uh, hey, for a, hosting us. And I'm going to keep waving the flag if that's okay for you. All
1: right. Thanks so much. All right.
0: That's Aaron Smith of the NCIA, the National Cannabis Industry Association. This has been a very special edition on location in Portland, Maine of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. So for everybody that works so hard on my podcast and getting it out there, once again, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Make sure you use it responsibly. In the Weeds is a podcast for the Cannabis Multimedia Network for the enjoyment and education of our audience. It is available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and a video record is available on the WeedTube and on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. Any medical advice is not a reflection of the management of CLNS Media or Cannabis Multimedia Network.